Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself kick off a new series on the Augsburg Confession. Welcome to Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Powell, and my buddies are here. Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brian Rickey, and of course, yes. Sally is still Sally's the dog. Hey, yes. This is a dawn of a new day. I, I, I feel a little bit unsettled. We are mm-hmm. out of my familiar territory of into, the catechism. Into the new frontier. Is it kind of like a dog day afternoon? Oh, I see what you Ooh. did there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still excited to talk about a new unit, but... My mm-hmm. home is the catechisms, yeah. and uh, we're going to be talking about the Augsburg Confession and the apology mm-hmm. to the Augsburg mm-hmm. Confession. Good. Excellent. Yes. And I suppose we're going to start with some history? Is that what we're doing? Well, I think what we should probably start with first is clarify what we mean by the apology. <laughs> because, yeah, right. You know, I'm sorry. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's the I'm, Augs- I'm sorry. The I'm sorry. The, the Lutherans <laughs> wrote the Augsburg Confession, and then they apologized for writing the right, Augsburg Confession. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, the, the Greek word apologia. Uh, is a defense. Where we get the apologetics. Yep, apologetics. Uh, not, not the band. The band. <laughs> oh, Ooh, <nice>. jinx. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think I've ever heard of that band. Apologetics uh, is, was that the the symphony that played Metallica music? Is that, or? Oh, they, they just took kind of like Weird Al. It was like a Christian version of Weird oh, Al. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, yeah. wow, okay. They, they took songs and, Oh, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of a different band altogether. Sorry. Trying to think music of an example industry. of one of their songs. Yeah. As an audio person, I'm very curious because Sally is eating right now. That how much we're going to hear of that, but we'll we'll just keep going anyway. So if yeah. you hear some crunching in the background, yep, it's my dog. All right, all right, Brett. History of the Augsburg Confession. Yeah, right. Go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the the history of the Augsburg Confession is well. The history of the Augsburg Confession in in the end is way what? to deflect. Man. <laughs> yeah. Nice job. Give me a bump for that one. <laughs> it's the, uh, it is my excuse to once again, and I'll do mm-hmm. it later on, rail against Reformation Sunday uh, mm-hmm. and the nailing of the 95 Theses as the official historical start of the Reformation. Ah, yeah, it's okay. really not, is it? It's yeah. not at all. No. What you have with the 95 Theses, and we've said this on here before, what you have with the 95 mm-hmm. Theses is a Catholic monk mm-hmm. placed academic assertions on the church bulletin board when he was done, he was still a Catholic monk. Yeah. A year later, he was still a Catholic monk. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until really maybe 1519 that Luther earnestly had completely changed well, his theology from Roman Catholic. And it was, mm-hmm. it was his passion for inconsistencies. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we say this, but then we do this. Well, here, this is what, this is what I have to say about that. But and I think God was just working mm-hmm. on his heart. And then, of course, the Tower Experience, and mm-hmm. that's a wonderful thing. But it really begins at the Diet of Worms. Verms. The Diet of Worms, not the Diet of worms, worms, which is gross. Yes. But the Diet of Worms, your really first significant date in Reformation history after October 31st, 1517, and our first real building towards a Lutheran confession, which is what the Augsburg Confession really is, April 18th, 1521. Uh, which is where you get Luther's maybe most famous speech that everyone mm-hmm. knows. It's mm-hmm. uh, the, I have heard, and then I have heard that it wasn't, and then I heard that it was apocryphal that he mm-hmm. said, here I stand, I can do no other. But the the version uh, of Luther's final quote to the Pope or to Charles or to whoever who was asking that he would 
uh, recant uh, to Charles. Luther then replied, your imperial majesty and your lordships demand a simple answer. Here it is plain and unvarnished. Unless I am convicted of error by the testimony of scripture, or since I put no trust in the unsupported authority of popes or councils, since it is plain that they have often erred and have often contradicted themselves by manifest reasoning, I stand convinced by the scriptures to which I have appealed, and my conscience is taken captive by God's word. I cannot and will not recant anything, for to act against our conscience is neither mm-hmm. safe for us nor open to us. On this I take my stand. I can do no other. God help me. Amen. Yeah, awesome stuff. That was the Diet of Worms. Luther there was officially by the Roman Catholic Church for the first time declared a heretic mm-hmm. and became a criminal, uh, a criminal. He was excommunicated by the church, sentenced to death. And really from this point on, um, my history is a little bit more blurry at this point, but mm-hmm. for most of the rest of Luther's life, his life was in reasonable danger. Yeah, yeah he yep, was that's in right. You know, hiding and mm-hmm. they you know, he did a lot of yeah. traveling in secret. Or what was yeah. his disguise again? I remember the a Junker Yorg. Yes, that's right. Knight yeah, George. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was in uh, uh, danger a lot of the time until mm-hmm. really uh, the the Lutheran province, uh, the Lutheran princes prevailed mm-hmm. and made Lutheran theology the official doctrine of their various electorates. Yeah. Um, also, but that for, took a while and quite a few people died yeah. mm-hmm. in the well, process. You, mm-hmm. you had the, the very ill-advised peasants revolt. Yep. You had other yeah, things going right. on. Yeah. Um, and uh, from our heritage, it's AFLC Scandinavian Lutherans and the LB. See how I did that? Brought yeah, them back in, making right. peace with the LB. Uh King Christian of Norway or of Denmark was in attendance, uh, and this is where he was won for the Reformation. This is when yeah, at the Diet of Worms, at the Diet yep. of Worms, Worms, uh, Worms, and Verms. close circuit to Jennifer Gumbel. If any of our German pronunciation mm-hmm. in this episode is off, just just allow it. We're a bunch of Norwegians doing our best. Vocation, vocation. Just had to throw <laughs> it in there. <laughs> um, but uh, it was the Diet of Worms that got yeah. the ball rolling to make uh, Scandinavia Lutheran territories. Oh, mm-hmm. they played they they played baseball too. Yes, <laughs> I was like, they played bowling. But I'm like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so the next uh, the next real big time, and now we're really starting to cram into the time frame of the Augsburg Confession, mm-hmm. 1526, the Diet of Speyer mm-hmm. or Spire. Uh, Lutheran princes, uh, because of the the potential fracturing of the Holy Roman Empire as a political state, which by this time Charles was was vested in keeping the unity mm-hmm. of Europe intact with the the threat of the invading Turks, the Muslim hordes. Uh, the Lutheran princes force by a resolution to give each of them the right to arrange religious matters in their own territories. This mm-hmm. is kind of a hallmark of religious freedom. Um, this lasts until the papacy, the Roman Catholic Church, can respond by calling a general council of the church. And the results of the Diet of Speyer were overturned in 1529 when the Catholic princes in Europe reversed the decision um, and at that decision, the Lutheran princes fiercely protested mm-hmm. the reversal, which is where we get the historical term Protestants. Protestants. Protestant. Yeah. We are Protestant. Protestant. Protesting mm-hmm. the decision to I don't know, I don't know if we, religious freedom. I'm not sure if we mentioned this, but uh, this information kind of as a summary yes. from the 
So yeah, uh, I'm, all I'm mm-hmm. really doing here is summarizing the introduction to the Augsburg Confession yeah. in the reader's edition of the Book of Good. Concord. Um, obviously, when you're yeah. when you're teaching history, none of what you do is going to be really yeah. original because That's it's right. history. But yeah, yep. if you want to get a more detailed yes. look at the history of the Augsburg Confession, get a reader's edition of the Book of Concord right. from Concordia Publishing House. This is all in there. Right, which I imagine some of our listeners might want to do just in being Lutheran to know the history and yep. be able to read more in depth. There's a whole bunch of other books too to read. Well, to the, in the unit we just closed, mm-hmm. you know, nearly 150 episodes on the large catechism and small catechism. Yeah. Uh, the language we used from that was by and large from the reader's edition yeah. translation. Yeah, and right. when we when we get into the Oxford Confession and the Apology, that's the main source we're going to mm-hmm. be using, the main translation. But no ill will towards our own uh, None. catechism. I love the yeah. uh, AFLC catechism. ambassador publication small catechism yes right yep um so from this point on when there's been kind of official grenades lobbed in either direction we move to kind of attempts uh for unity charles has a political vested interest in maintaining unity in europe you know uh, if his empire fractures, mm-hmm. uh, who knows what the Muslims would have been able to do as they were, you know, invading. They eventually did get a foothold in Europe as they invaded through mm-hmm. Spain. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's talk of coming through Austria, coming through Germany. You know, Germany was really on the front lines of of defending Western Europe from these advances. And so people were trying to make at least token attempts for unity um, Lutherans had no protection whatsoever traveling through Catholic territories. You could be arrested for heresy. Um, Philip of Hesse first tried political unity. Uh, he wanted to kind of unite a front with the Swiss. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get into some more theological matters because the political and the religious leader of Switzerland at the time was a guy named Ulrich Zwingli. Zwingli, yeah. yes. Uh, Zwingli... Uh, was all in favor of unity with the Lutherans. Uh, he wanted to say, let's dis- let's agree to disagree on theological matters, but let's form this political alliance. Luther and Melanchthon opposed any sort of unity without confessional and theological unity. And so what out of Philip of Hesse in Germany's efforts, the Schwebach articles came about, um, written between July and September of 1529, uh, really kind of forms the foundation of the first 17 or so articles mm-hmm. of the Augsburg Confession, probably made a basis for what Melanchthon ended up writing mm-hmm. um, later on in the next year. And then in late 1529, in October 1529, Your favorite. You, you have probably one of my most favorite <laughs> Lutheran events ever, the Marburg mm. Colloquy. And this is where Luther and Zwingli met in the, in the sense I get it's like this is open kind of hall mm-hmm. where they're kind of debating and discussing um, and they were trying to find can we have unity and eventually as we see now in the church the talks break down over the doctrine of the Lord's Supper mm-hmm. you know, Zwingli wanted bygones to be bygones Luther would not compromise on the sacraments, would not compromise on is, the Lord's means, Supper. Is, means, is. It was is, means, is. Is, means, is. And again, since I'm not a church historian, yeah. I've just prepared a lesson. I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but the accounts that I've read uh, state that Luther wrote that 
on the table, <laughs> and every time Zwingli were like, well, it's symbolic. He Luther would pull yeah. off the tablecloth and point to it, and he would fluster Zwingli right. as they talked. And so it just seems like Luther's personality oh, to do that. It's, it, yeah. I fully believe it because yeah. of what we know of Luther. I just think it's the greatest. Like you would, that that's such a jerk <laughs> to do. But I mean, it really stresses the importance of if this is yeah. a foundational truth. We're not going to compromise on it. Mm -hmm. And for Lutherans, the sacraments are a foundational truth, delivering Mm -hmm. the gift of the assurance of salvation, delivering the grace of God, Mm -hmm. delivering the gifts of forgiveness of sins, a way of applying the word of God so that we can be certain of what God has done for us. You know, and this was never Luther's heart. He, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously the word reform, reformation, that was always his heart, was to reform the church, that there would be confession and repentance and unity toward that one body. And it was it's amazing, even though the history is here and we ended up uh, with a rich history of God preserving theological um, purity uh, in, in the sense of the church, man, pride just reared its ugly head. Yep. And it's just amazing how many people lost their life mm-hmm. over the doctrine of the Lord's Supper and then also these articles. It's just, it's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you, you on both sides of that, you have how many people lost their lives because of persecution and they refused to not confess the truth. You have Jan Hus and yeah. uh, William Tyndale was one of those who were martyred. And, and you know, those led up to the Reformation. And the, the Pope, if he was given that opportunity, would absolutely have made a martyr out of uh, Luther. Mm-hmm. But then you have misunderstanding of theology that leads to these wars. Yeah. And, and then that would go back to our uh, previous episode when we were talking about Doctrine of Two Kingdoms. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we need to round back to Charles here and, and, and really to capitalize on something you said, Brian, we want to note that Luther at no time, point in time really wanted to make a new church body. And he never, ever viewed yeah. Lutheran theology as a break from the church. He always considered what the Roman Catholics were doing to be a break from the historical church. Mm-hmm. Lutheran, Luther really honestly felt that the doctrine of the catechisms and everything mm-hmm. he taught was consistent with the historical church and absolutely yeah. consistent with scripture. Yeah, and it was. I mean, you look back at the first five centuries mm-hmm. where a lot of this, this theology was worked out. But, but I wonder what... I often wonder, like, what he would think about his name being attached to a denomination. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I think there's some quote that said, "You know, you want to yeah, call us Lutheran, right. so be it." Yeah, uh, he wanted to be called uh, evangelical, mm-hmm. which now even is a more loaded term than Lutheran. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, we need to round back to kind of get a at least a a, a caricature of Emperor Emperor Charles V, mm-hmm. who was the uh, the ruling political entity. At this time, he was, in fact, a devout Catholic. He was, in fact, concerned about maintaining uh, Roman Catholic doctrine in the church. But he needed to be pragmatic because he needs to solve uh, what's going on in Germany because the Turkish Empire uh, was amassing and preparing, Mm -hmm. preparing to invade Europe on the eastern border. In the end, uh, you know, to co-opt scripture, the Reformation is one of those events in history that you see God moving in the fullness of time. Mm -hmm. The Reformation doesn't happen when it happens without the threat of the Turks. Mm -hmm. The reason it takes a foothold is that Charles needed to be politically, you know, delicate because if he loses Germany, he loses his entire empire. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where it comes. Uh, 
uh, that's a good yeah good point to make and to think about you yeah. know it's it's we make much of God interacting in history mm-hmm. during scriptural times but he still is to preserve yep. his word and, and the Reformation I think is absolutely um, talk of this there's there's threat from the Pope that if Charles loses uh, his uh, hold on things the Pope will depose him and uh, align himself with France uh, and, and and work either with Charles or against Charles to invade Germany if, if Charles doesn't get Germany in line uh, and so what ends up happening is Charles is the one who uh, calls the Diet mm-hmm. of Augsburg. Augsburg and this yep. is really where the rubber hits yep. the road. Now, what's interesting in the research, and especially in the reader's edition of the Book of Concord, is that originally John the Steadfast, mm-hmm. who is Luther's kind of patron and protector, did not want to participate at the Diet of Augsburg. Mm. Uh, he refused to come at first. He wasn't going to be bullied by the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, he wanted, If they came, he wanted the Lutherans to be prepared. So he asked Luther and the theologians at the University of Wittenberg to prepare a confession. Mm-hmm. Their first efforts are what we know as the Torgau articles. Uh, Luther, uh, Melanchthon, Justice Jonas, and, and the best name of the entire Reformation, John yes. Bugenhagen, Bugenhagen. Uh, yes. got together and completed the Torgau articles in March of 1530. Um, but they ended up being scrapped before the Diet of Augsburg because they were not pro-Lutheran or they were not anti-radical Reformation enough. Mm-hmm. It's kind of contrary to what we're doing here. We want to be as pro-Lutheran as yeah, we can right. be. But but he was worried, John, and I think quite wisely at this time, was worried about being grouped with the Anabaptists and some mm-hmm. of the radical reformers. And so what you see if you read the Augsburg Confession and the Apology is that the Lutherans are careful to condemn bad theology no matter what the source. They're not just saying we're not these Catholic abuses, we're also not these Anabaptist abuses. And that's all over the Augsburg Confession and the Apology. Uh, and so you get to the Diet of Augsburg, the Lutherans need a confession. Melanchthon writes mm-hmm. the Augsburg Confession. Uh, Luther is holed up at this point in time for his own protection at Coburg Castle. Mm-hmm. He was forbidden by John and his right. allies from attending the Augsburg Confession. Yeah. I think I remember hearing in history class that there was a reasonable expectation that mm-hmm. someone was going to try to assassinate Luther mm-hmm. in Augsburg. And yep. so they said, you're not coming. Yep. Uh, so they ran a courier between uh, Melanchthon and Luther. Uh, and Luther ended up giving his approval to what Melanchthon wrote in the Augsburg Confession, and it was delivered to Charles on June 25th, 1530. Mm-hmm. 1530, yeah. In my humble opinion, yeah. Reformation Sunday should be in June. the Sunday closest to June 25th. <laughs> you want to know about the beginning of the Reformation? Yeah. This is where you have what ends up being your official break between the Lutherans and the Roman Catholics mm-hmm. because you finally have a definitive statement right. of this is what we yeah, believe. Yeah, as you say, this is what we believe. Yep. This is who yep. we are, okay? And the Roman Catholic Church answered in a very swift manner. And they yep. came right back at it. You know? Yep, and, 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 and that's interesting, but... But to continue making my appeal here, and this is another edition of Curmudgeon Corner on uh. Being Lutheran Podcast, uh, if we moved Reformation Sunday to the yep. end of June, it would just be a perfect timing because that is just right after Pentecost. Hmm. 
and and we would end up making ordinary time the yeah. time the season of Pentecost or the season of Trinity really would end up being Reformation season. Hmm. It would be the proper interpretation of Scripture during the normal time of the church. And there you I'm, go. I'm a massive advocate of this. No one is listening. No one cares. But yeah. th- this is one of my. Uh, <laughs> I do. This is one of my yeah. banners. I want to make uh, the entire time. Have you pushed that at your congregation? No. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll stay with history. It does kind of get in the way of Halloween. I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll stay with history. But I just think there's a tonological sense yeah. in going from Pentecost to Advent, having it be the season of Reformation. So oh, I'll have to remind myself last Sunday of June to be like, Happy Reformation. Yeah, real Reformation <laughs> Sunday. We'll call it the RRS, the oh, Real Reformation oh, Sunday. Nice. Anyway, yeah. so the Lutherans delivered it orally. Mm-hmm. They read it uh, at the Diodology, gave a... Um, in addition of the Augsburg Confession to Charles in Latin, I think, and also in German, I can't remember, but Latin for sure. Um, and then the Romans responded to the Augsburg Confession almost immediately. Like you said, Brian, the, the official Roman response is what we know as the Roman Confutation. It was officially entitled the Pontifical Confutation of the Augsburg Confession. It was handed to the Lutherans on August 3rd, 1530. This is great. It was handed to the Lutherans, but the Lutherans were not given a copy. The yeah. confutation <laughs> was read out loud. The Lutherans had kind of caught wind of this, and there were professional stenographers in the audience who recorded every word. So <laughs> they were forbidden to do this, but they did it anyway. In the confutation, uh, the the Romans respond article by article to the Augsburg Confession mm-hmm. saying, we approve of this, we disapprove of this, we completely reject this. The final demands of the confutation, the Lutherans were ordered to accept all of the conditions demanded by the confutation. They were to accept all of the theological conclusions demanded by the Roman confutation. Mm. They were to not respond to the confutation, and they were to not publish their notes from the reading of the Uh. confutation. (laughs) But yet, they weren't given a copy. Right, yeah. And these threats were, or this was delivered, these conditions were delivered under threat of exile and seizure of property and possessions. This was... You do this or war. Uh, Melanchthon wants to make a compromise and kind of convince them to respond. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other Lutherans in attendance convince him to stand strong. This is your real first whiff of Melanchthon's timidity Mm -hmm. as a leader Mm -hmm. of the Lutheran church. It comes when later on he alters the wording of the article on the Lord's Supper. That's why we say unaltered Augsburg Confession. Because Mm -hmm. when Melanchthon edits, it's called the Variata. Um, But this is kind of where you get the first whiff of this. Uh, Luther is also at this time still at Coburg Castle and writing, encouraging all of the Lutherans to stand strong. Luther did not want to compromise. Uh, the Lutherans were given until tax day, 1531, uh, <laughs> wow. April 15th, to uh, concede. And on that day, the Lutherans refuse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From that point on, uh, Melanchthon begins to, with Lutheran Gregory Bruck, or Gregory Bruck, I don't know how to pronounce that German, uh, with the umlaut in front over the U, um, they together prepare uh, the Augsburg Confession. The first draft was ready. The apology of the... The, uh, the, the apology, apology, sorry. The yep. first draft of the apology was ready September 22nd, 
which is amazing. That's oh. like a month mm-hmm. later. The Augsburg of the Apology is really long. Yeah. Like it's it's really long. It's yeah. the longest document in the uh, Book of Concord. Well, I suppose they saw how quickly the Roman Catholic Church mm-hmm. responded, so they were going to turn return that in, mm-hmm. in kind and make a quick response. Yep. Yeah, and, and I assume they probably anticipated what the Roman Catholic was going to say, probably oh, yeah. knew what part mm-hmm. of it was. But anyway, I'm not up on that history. They sent the draft to Charles, who refused to accept it. Uh, Melanchthon then uh, revised the apology, and it was published on the date, the, the deadline date, April 15th, 1531. And it, a small theological, mm-hmm. historical thing, it's one of the first times that the doctrine of justification was ever really put into a confession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, one other note, you know, as we kind of wrap it up, uh, Dr. Brook, who was there at the mm-hmm. uh, Augsburg Confession, uh, at the end of the reading of the Augsburg Confession, this is one of, one of my favorite quotes, most gracious emperor, this is a confession that will even prevail against the gates of hell with the grace and help of God. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, when it comes down to it, the Augsburg Confession and the apology that accompanies it is probably the most important mm-hmm. Lutheran confession. Mm-hmm. That's where we we really, it comes down to this is the very first time the Lutherans got together and say, this is what we stand for and, on and Scripture. And it was birthed during a very tumultuous time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the, our ecumenical confessions were birthed out of a need to combat heresy, which is the case here too. But mm-hmm. that's really where we get a lot of our confessional history is mm-hmm. is fighting against heresy and fighting for pure doctrine and, yep. and true teaching of God's holy word. Yep. So this is the first unified statement of the mm-hmm. Lutherans. The, the, the documents in the Book of Concord that followed this, uh, Luther wrote the small called articles because of lingering problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in the fight against the Roman Catholics and was hoping for a general council and he never got one before he died. And then the formula of Concord was written to solve divisions among Lutherans themselves and to clarify mm-hmm. theology. Great. Um, so from here on out, being Lutheran is going to be focused on going yeah. through uh, one article at a time yep. of the Augsburg Confession, supported and explained by the Apology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to bring on our spoiler, our special announcement, the next three episodes, uh, we're going to bring Dr. James Mulstrey mm-hmm. into the studio with us. He is the dean of the Free Lutheran Seminary. Uh, and we're going to ask him to talk to us about the importance of the Augsburg Confession in training pastors, mm-hmm. the importance of the Augsburg Confession in being a pastor as he's served a couple of congregations in our denomination, and then the importance of the Augsburg Confession for individual Lutherans and, mm-hmm. and what it means for us, why we want to be aware of what it says and why we confess it. Yep. No, Great. A little longer today, but wanted to get that yeah, set up for thank, people thank you who for don't that. That take the time to read history. That was an enjoyable, yeah, history is great. And we'd encourage you, listener, to start reading, reading along with us. You yep. know, read the next, uh, read the start of the Augsburg Confession, and you'll be following along with us. And as we said, a great resource, reader's edition of the Book of Concord. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get it from uh, CPH, Concordia Publishing House. Very frequently throughout the year, they will have it on sale for 20 bucks. Hmm. So if you just watch it, I think it's normally 40 mm-hmm. but at various times, various church holidays, whatever, they'll have it on sale for 20 bucks, you can find it. Excellent resource. That's what we'll be using. Good time to start to really read your theological heritage. If you mm-hmm. are a Lutheran, if you're exploring Lutheranism, yeah. this is a great time to kind of get it from the horse's mouth. This is our yep. perspective. This Good. is what we believe. All right. Well, hey, I thought this would be appropriate. Romans chapter 1, beginning <laughs> in verse 15. 
So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.